This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Ladies and gentlemen, folks of the Speed Street community, welcome back to another episode, a brand new episode, an episode that is packed full of new things. We have a great interview on tap. Uh, we have an interview with a young young superstar. Honestly, I have a lot of faith in, and I, I do hope you guys enjoy this interview with Miles Rowe, uh, driving for HMD Motorsports with Force Cindy, uh, Penske-supported. Uh, young driver, um, a great conversation with him. Uh, Chase and I dive into a, a great discussion. So we got that coming up. Uh, we've got a bit of a new segment as well. We brought back the podium. Uh, we did a podium every week. For those that are new to listening, every week we would kind of do a podium, basically our top three things from the weekend or whatever. But now I think we're going to do one once a month. Once a month we 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 attack the podium. We'll call it the people's podium. Who knows? We'll call it the... Uh, the cul-de-sac of the street, the 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 three dudes, one podium. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so we're, we we've got a, a buddy of mine, Kevin, uh, at Senna One on 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 all the social medias. Um, Kevin is a great guy, racing uh, racing fan, friend of mine for a long time. Uh, knows the sport, but knows business. Knows how social media works very well. So I, I think you guys will enjoy that discussion. Three very important topics. We basically have three topics to discuss. Bit of a roundtable discussion. So. Uh, let us know what you think of that. As always, please, uh, you know, leave us a comment on the YouTube page. Leave us a rating in the iTunes land and whatever that is. But let's get right into a lot of IndyCar news this week. We've got testing going on right now. Chase, how are you feeling about it? You look great this week, by the way. You look great this week. And how are we feeling about our, our motor racing weekend ahead? Oh, man, it has been a, a great weekend. I'm sure we're, we're going to dive all Ooh. in. I, I know that. But yeah. Big weekend. Shout out to the rusty dubs, as I like to call it. You know, got my got my little my little playing cards. We're stacking chips. Uh, yep. Fun, but yeah, no, I'm I'm super excited, man. Look, right out the gate, uh, just doing a little bit of research. I know that that Palo was getting down with the get down, opening things up uh, at the test session. We're we're getting close, man. Saint Pete's getting here. I'm excited. I'm ready to go sweat it out. I, I actually, I'm gonna be having to sweat it out in my backyard. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it to Saint Pete. That's all right. I'm not going either. I'm not going to be there either. So we can both we can both have a TV watching ceremony. Who knows? Yeah, we might have to stream it. Who knows? It, it's been Who a notes for all kinds of things. But I will say this much: um, I, I'm just over the moon. I got to go to St. Pete last year, and anytime you just see, you know, the 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 numbers are out, the the drivers are on social media, they're getting excited for it. I get that little flutter of excitement coming into me. I know. It's uh, I, I take it all with a grain of salt a little bit. I will say there's a long season ahead, so yes, it's good to get excited. Exactly, we, it is. It is practically here. Um, th- these couple days of official testing uh, are, are very important. I feel like we've seen a lot of testing going on in the IndyCar space, 
but no one's really given us results of anything. There's been a you know, there's been a lot of hybrid testing, and then there's been a couple different open days for a couple people. You know, young drivers, rookies, people that are getting in different teams, etc. But these are the official days. Um, Sebring is not big enough to host basically everyone on the same day because it's a small track. It's only a 52 second lap, 51 second lap. Uh, so what what teams are doing are basically running one driver, one car per day, uh, and 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 so on and so forth. Uh, you know, so obviously if Pato ran yesterday in his car, well, Pato's in the number six car for David Malukas today. Very interesting that McLaren didn't choose to run another driver. They could have run another driver, but they seem to not be focused on many other folks other than Callum Eilat. Callum Eilat obviously is busy right now doing his WEC commitments in, in Europe uh, or or the Middle East. Somewhere right now they're, they're, they're doing their first WEC event. Um, so that's interesting. And then Alex Rossi, I believe, is also driving today. There's there there's ways that they do it to where they split the days in half. Basically, half the field ran yesterday, half the field runs today. Um, we've got Colin Braun testing for Dale Coin Racing, which is a a very cool surprise for people who have followed racing for a long time. Uh, great driver, Colin Braun, very good sports car driver, multi time champion. He's got several watches, all kinds of things. Um, and Jack Harvey back in the other Dale Coin car as well yesterday. So a lot to get to. Um, but let's start right out with the IndyCar, uh, IndyCar test results from yesterday. So to give everyone an update, uh, obviously you have the morning session and the afternoon session. And we want to make sure I want, I've gone through so many preseason test days where everyone likes to judge a ton of things. You can't judge a ton. However, usually there's a trend. So Alex Pillow being fastest on the day, that's going to be a trend for the year. Like, we, we get that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 a day that teams will be trying to run through as much as possible. It's a small track, so some some guys might not get their most optimum lap. Uh, you know, it's a shorter lap than St. Pete, and St. Pete is a difficult place to get a clear lap. But let's read through it here. Alex Pillow, P1. Christian Lundgaard, P2. Joseph Newgarden, P3. Colton Herta, P4. Alex Rossi. Pato Award, Scott Dixon, Kyle Kirkwood, Scott McLaughlin, Renus VK, Pietro Fittipaldi, Tom Blomquist, Augustine Canapino, Stingray Billy Bob, and Jack Harvey. So those, that is the top 15 from yesterday. Uh, I would say no real surprises. I would say Scott McLaughlin probably a little bit further down than he expects to be. But again, we let's not we're not judging. We're just reading your results. No judging. The only one that we can not be surprised by is Alex Plo and Christian Lundgaard. I don't think that's the uh, surprise at all. You know, the, if, if you if you painted an IndyCar podium, you could put Alex Pillow, Christian Lugard, and Joseph Newgarden on that podium most of the time. So, completely understand that. Um, we now have a session going on literally as we are recording this episode. We're, we record on a Tuesday. Uh, so and, we, and we do have a, a result from the morning session. Now, the morning session is very different usually from the afternoon. The afternoon is usually faster. The way the days work at Sebring is the sun is setting. You want to get out there for a nice new tire run at the end of the day. Maybe set a good lap. Uh, sometimes I, I've, I've been down there to where the the 4.30, 4.45 is a really optimum time to run. And then you might try to save another set for one more run and you can't quite get any more time out of it. Sebring is a, is a very difficult track because you're trying to fight for like a hundredth per corner. It's so it's so small that you like if you find two hundredths, that's a, it's a big deal. Um, so... So far in the morning session, and again, we will this will get updated probably after the after we're done recording this show. But Pato Award quickest, easy. Will Power P two, 
understand that. Santino Ferrucci, big day for the Foyt team. Now, again, they've got great engineering, and uh, they are now partnered with Penske. So that's Penske 2-3 because Penske and Foyt are combined. Uh, Marcus Erickson, P4. Marcus Armstrong, P5. Felix Rosenquist, Graham Rahal, Linus Lundquist, Christian Rasterson, Kiffin Simpson, Romain Grosjean, and uh, Colin Braun. Now, Colin Braun is not expected to go out there and light up the field. I mean, Jack Carvey has not, did not have a lot of pace in that car. Clearly, Dale Coin Racing seems to, seems to need a bit of speed, need a little bit of juice. Um, but interesting. Nice to see some results pages. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens at the end of the day today and and and, and what we can all uh, you know dive into from there. But uh, but it feels good to have some results sheets to look at, Chase. I, I feel I feel like we're 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 very close, and uh, it, it's it's IndyCar season is right on the horizon. Yeah, I hate I hate to see that Stingray wasn't able to to be up there. You know, on the on the latest charts. I mean, like when you're at a place like Seabird, I mean, like you know, the the, the place is known. The place is known for the Rays, dude. So there's some Rays <laughs> down yonder. So that's all I'm saying. Good, good to see that though. But yeah, the AJ Foyt deal, man. Uh, yeah, that's big for Santino too, man. So yeah, it is. It is. So it good out. to see some results. Good to see some results. Uh, we've got a lot of IndyCar stuff going on. Very, very exciting. Um, and my goodness gracious, we 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 will we will talk about it a little bit in our roundtable discussion. But uh, the NASCAR race over the weekend was one of the greatest that I've ever seen in my life. And and we talk about this a lot later, but. That was uh, one of the greatest NASCAR Cup races, if not the greatest that I've ever witnessed. Um, and and I and I, I explain a little bit later in the show, but the the driving that it took to to drive those cars, the the way that I as a driver could interpret what the dirty air was doing to each car and 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 what each driver had to do to try to make their car work was fascinating. And 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 the drivers. They were respecting each other at a higher level than I expected as well, which which means even better racing. Uh, three wide across the line, one of the coolest things I've seen. Um, and 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 really, you know, th- there was a lot said about a lot of accidents during that race, but but realistically, there there wasn't many. Like th- there were a couple yellows, but like all these people that were counted in accidents, it was only because they just got a little bit of, you know, you had to put a couple pieces of tape on the car. Like there weren't a bunch of cars that were just flat out annihilated. Like you had yellows because Chris Busher spun by himself. Brad Keselowski spun by himself. Like those guys, like, and, and they could have wrapped up way more cars in the wall than they did. So I, I think it was a, a great event and, uh, and kudos to NASCAR. Chase, you obviously have to have some great feelings about that one. I'm going to go ahead and say this much for the people that were a little bit upset. It had to come immediately from the beginning of the race. Like, look, no one wants to start a race and then quit. Yeah, that was tough. Cautions. I think that that kind of like made people get that little salt in the beginning where there was a lot of that unload. But if you are a genuine race fan, that was a race fans race. It was also a race for the people, all the new people that are coming over to watch it this year from 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 Netflix and everything else. Like, Great TV ratings too. Great TV ratings. Not four mil. What, what, yeah. was, is that correct? It was up from last year. It was up from last year. Oh, like that's what I'm saying. So like it's all good things, man. And you know, you brought up you know Chris Busher, Brad K. You know, I had a little saying like their favorite track over there. You know, and and I love I love the RFK folks. Their favorite track is uh two two princes by the Spin Doctors. They they love to spin, dude. They have a lot of spinning. It's 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 just a part of the game. You know, we all know that. But you know the the finish, man. For one, 
Daniel Suarez being able to inch this thing out was gigantic because now you have track house racing that has the two most viral moments in NASCAR history. Incredible. Justin I almost text Justin Marks that by the way. I almost text Justin Marks and said, dude, you, you guys are you guys are kings of the internet. That's a man of manifestation right there. That dude climbed yeah. out. Okay. I'm gonna tell you, he's got the vision. I haven't got to meet Justin yet. Great guy. Hope to at some point. Uh would love to chat out with him. But I will say that that's a huge moment for Daniel Suarez, a huge solidifying moment, especially after winning, I think it was the the uh the the Mexican series race that was at the the Coliseum. So he got that done. A lot of people that kind of was overshadowed. A lot of people didn't know yes. that. So he already had like one win. Granted, it wasn't the Cup Series, but he got some momentum built up and then he fought it out, stuck through. And look, I look, it was tough. Like, you know, a lot of people that I know, uh, you know, really were rooting for Kyle Bush hard for certain reasons. Oh, yeah. You know, I myself was really rooting for Ryan Blaney for certain reasons. I will just say this much. <laughs> I love Ryan Blaney a ton. Uh, great guy, good friend. And you always want to see him win, but this finish is bigger than who won the race. I will say that the finish itself was what was enormous. Sports Center picked this thing up. They're comparing it to the movie. Only tenth though, which is like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Was, I, I saw it on Sports Center as as tenth, and I was like, guys, come on. Yeah, they they just you know they because they don't cover it. You know they they had to appease the F <laughs> one folk. Uh, yep, I'll say that much, but. Uh, you know, it's just a, I don't want to sit, sit here and say it overshadows the winner because like Daniel Suarez, he, I mean, did, that dude got his win in Sonoma. He's worked hard. He's grinded. He's taken, look, he's taken a lot of shit. I'll be honest. And he's been able to come out and show like, I belong here. I'm supposed to be here. And winning a race like that one right there, that's history book status right there. So I agree to Danny. Uh, big shout out to to uh, to Trackhouse and just big shout out to NASCAR and the NASCAR fans. You got a show. Yeah, I, I I truly I watched every uh, every event possible. The the truck race, um, truck race I thought was uh, you know definitely it, it was tough because it wasn't as it wasn't as good as the you know the Cup race, but still a good weekend of racing. The Xfinity race was insane. Uh, everyone ran out of fuel coming to the coming to the checkered flag. Um, that was except for Austin Hill. Um, still he one of the loves tweet by the way. Huh? No. I, oh yeah, yeah. He he, he had some uh, poor guy who should have won that race easy. Jesse Love literally led the entire race and then ran out of fuel. I mean, what? That's the most devastating thing to ever happen to a driver. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it. So I, again, I I like the look of Atlanta. I, I I if if I were to have the freedom to be able to pick and choose where I get to race, I would love to try to race at Atlanta. Um, it seems like a great, great facility. I would love IndyCar to go there. Oh, IndyCar racing there would be such a great race. It would be too scary for our fans. I think it would be too scary for people, our, our ownership, sadly. But Look, it's it would be perfect for IndyCar. A hybrid. It's not yep. a super speedway, but it still has. Oh, man. It would be great. It would be amazing. Um, but we can dream. Uh, so, yeah, a great crowd there. So, again, just a great weekend of of, of motor racing. Um yeah, that there was that there was just so much to talk about, and I think this year already feels like it's starting off right. Like, yes, there was a rain day, a rain delay at Daytona, that was a shame, but but I think there's a lot of excitement to be ready for this year. I think IndyCar has got so much excitement. I think NASCAR has got so much excitement already with the with the first two finishes of the year. You went from having a very controversial finish, oh no, did it go yellow or not, to like just green, the green flag finish, no crashes on the last lap. We got. 
just some of the best going at it um, at, at the line. And, and, and obviously, Formula One is starting up soon, which that might not be as exciting, but it's Formula One, so it's we're still going to be excited about it. Um, and, and IndyCar. I just think there's a lot going on with IndyCar right now that is that is truly, truly special. So, so much to, to look into. Um, the IndyCar testing, uh, glad that they had clear weather. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to judge anything so far. There's a couple suspects towards the back that we, we would have expected some improvement from, but these things take time. Improvement does take time. Uh, I would say there's a couple teams and cars like the Yukos team. You'd be like, all right, that's got they've got Grosjean and Canapino. Like they they would expect to be probably you know hunting for victories if 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 they have their partnership with McLaren that we talked about. If they have a couple other things, but. It is what it is. So it'll be a couple things to pay attention to. Um, I, I, but it, but it just it, it gets me going. It, get, it gets me excited. Um, we have a lot of other things to talk about here as well. Uh, but uh, but it, it is it's just time to go racing. I mean, we are we are so close. We are almost there. Um, yeah, this is this is gonna be. It's it's an amazing time of year. Uh, a couple other small things that are going on. Before we get to our kind of roundtable discussion, this is going to be a long episode, so I want to make sure we don't go uh, too crazy into uh, small things here and there. Um, but uh, a couple start times were revealed for IndyCar and NBC, which is very exciting. Feel free to check out their channels if you want to have a look at that. Um, we, we talk about a rule change in the IndyCar series uh, in our next discussion segment, uh, so feel free to talk about that. We talk about the copyright activities between F1 and IndyCar and the Indy 500. Uh, we get into that for everyone, so do not even worry. Um, and also, uh, what was our third subject? What, uh, what, what else did we get into? Oh, it was it was the Atlanta. Yeah, it was all the <laughs> it was all the Atlanta Twitter at NASCAR Twitter is wild. And when NASCAR Twitter went against F1 Twitter about comparing entertainment races, entertaining the entertainment of races, boy, that's a hilarious subject. So we get into all that in our yeah, discussion yeah. segment. Um, I think we can get right into that. What do you think, Chase? You think we should just go right into the discussion? We've we've we've, we've discussed the IndyCar news. IndyCar is what what our show is all about. We got right into it, and uh, and let's go into our uh, our roundtable discussion. This is our version of the podium. This is the people's podium. This is something in the cul-de-sac. This might be three yard signs that you enjoy. Just three, just a few dudes talking about racing. Here you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a little new segment, and I hope you like it. We have we used to do a podium segment. We do like little three three things that we enjoyed, and now we're gonna do maybe once a month a podium segment. We'll call this one the People's Podium potentially. The People's Podium. Why not? Uh, and we have invited a new person because there are three spots on the podium, and so we now have three people to talk about three very important things that are going on in the motor racing world right now. So I we obviously have Chase. Chase, we all we all know and appreciate and love, and he's got a great Rusty Wall shirt on. Um, and now we've got my buddy Kevin. Kevin is at Senna One on Twitter. So Senna, big F one guy. He 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 know he's been F one. He's been a racing guy since I've known him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, I, I would like to tell you, I appreciate you being on the show. First of all, well, thank you. Uh, you're a race fan. You know yep. what's going on. But tell a little bit. Of, tell tell people real quick a little bit how you got into racing. What 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 first attracted you to the the sport of motor racing? Um, my dad used to drag race cars in the sixties, seventies. So I was always a car guy. And, um, and I guess probably around, what was it like the early nineties, uh, speed vision came to light and yes. I used to come home from school at like two forty five, and 
they used to have F1 replays on, and I used to always watch F1 replays. And mm. I got into Formula One at like when I was probably like in middle school, and I just always loved Formula One ever since then. And then you know, I you know, then Formula One's changed a little bit since then a little bit. Uh, and then um, you and I became friendly through. I was always I I did always watch the Indy Five Hundred because I felt like that was like the main thing to watch and like the Daytona mm-hmm. 500 and whatnot. Um, but being like a Northeast guy, it wasn't really something that anybody really did watch. Right. So it was kind of a thing. I've Not been... a ton going on in the Northeast. Yeah. No, I mean, Racing wise. Back, in the, back in the day there was, back in the day yeah. there was tracks up, up around here, but now there's, there's really nothing that, that would make you be a race fan up here anymore for the most part. Mm-hmm. So that's Patriot... why you got to racing. Good. And the, the just the Patriots and the Celtics. That's about all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and hating the Jets and hoping that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah. doesn't break another muscle or tear yeah. something. And, yeah, that's all you got to worry about up here. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, that's why I became a race fan and always just, I wouldn't say I was gung-ho for so many years, but it's always been in the back burner in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I met maybe, wow, it's almost that, what was it? 10? 2014. Is it 2014? Yeah. It's 10 years, yeah. 10 years. Crazy. Yeah. In 10 years, yeah. So, obviously, knowing him, I got more interested in IndyCar. I wasn't a huge fan of IndyCar, but obviously, I like open wheel racing, so I was always watching it, uh, but just not as the extent of, like, really caring, so to speak. And then I got to know Connor, got to know some other guys that race, became friendly with them, and then it was like, okay, like, waking up on the weekends and watching races and more connection there, right? Because now you know people. So, then I got to IndyCar. I'm, I've been trying to get more into NASCAR. Um, I, it's almost like baseball, right? There's just too many races. It's like too much almost. There's just so <laughs> yeah. much stuff going on. There's like a Winston Cup and this cup and that cup. What's the main one going on here? One cup, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like, but what's the, it's like, there's like races on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not like sure like- Friday, what, Saturday, Sunday. What? I don't Bugs. understand what's what. I'm like, well, is this like the minor leagues? Is this the major leagues? I don't know what I'm watching. F2 or F1? I don't know. Definitely a farm system strategy. Okay. Like, like, that's an easy way to, to explain it, right? It's like you've got, you know, like high school football on Fridays. You got college <laughs> football on Saturdays. You gotcha. got NFL football on Sundays. Okay. Bucks Xfinity Cup. Right. There you go. Okay. See, well, now I know. See, that's now my brain now knows college football Saturday, NFL Sunday. So now I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So that, so yeah, so we, so you, you, and you've been to several IndyCar races with me. You've been to the Indy 500. You, yep. you know what that's like. Um, you, you've seen it at the highest level, sure. and I would say you enjoy it. I, I'd say you're in, you, you do definitely enjoy the IndyCar experience. Yes. Is that right? I definitely enjoy the IndyCar experience. Um, I think the, the price point for fans that don't know and want to spend all this money going to one Formula One race, you could literally spend the money you would do on one trip for Formula One race, and you could probably go to 10 races in IndyCar yeah. and get way more for your buck out of it. Way more for your buck. And I, think that's that's really, and I think that's really what separates some people. They don't really get that, like, racing's racing, right? So it's funny, as, you know, you you, you were talking earlier about, uh, through text, about uh, one of the topics we're going to touch on later, but, like, you know, the NASCAR F1 thing, right? It's almost like racing's racing. Like, if you're a race fan, like, I don't think one's better than the other. It's like, that's what you like, that's what you like. Like, enjoy yeah. it either way, you're going to watch it, you know? No, it's true. So let's. So we have. We want to cover like some th- three topics that I yep. think have been really, really important, uh, and, and and just massive discussions over the last couple of weeks. So okay. the first one is what's on everyone's mind was the Atlanta truck or not truck finish, the Atlanta Cup finish, the Atlanta finish of the NASCAR race over the weekend was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life, and I I started tweeting about it, and I I realized that there are people that also didn't enjoy that. 
And that that's astounding to me because, again, I, I thought when it comes to pure racing, that was such an amazing experience. And then you had F1 Twitter getting gone after. NASCAR Twitter and F1 Twitter were going after each other. There was people saying, like, oh, if you don't like this, how can you call yourself a race fan? So, so, so that's just something I think we can touch on. Because, again, I love all three. I, I, I wish more people were open to all three. And so I'd like to hear kind of us discuss a little bit of that. Then we have issue number two which is very interesting. This is very IndyCar-related. F1 started using, again, the greatest spectacle in type trademark infringement. I watched the ad the other day. I was watching ESPN, and they said, oh, the greatest spectacle in motorsport. I'm sorry, but you can't say that. Like, Kevin has some trademark experience. He, he, he can let us in on a little bit of that. But F1 continues to, like, there. So, again, there's things to be talked about there. And the third one, which I think is really interesting, again, very IndyCar-related, is the banning of the snaking move of Joseph Newgarden at the end of the race last year, Marcus Sericks in the year before. Uh, for some reason, a lot of people couldn't understand this, which we want to help people with. And, and and Kevin's got an opinion on it. I'm sure Chase has an opinion on it as well. And and I like I love Scott McLaughlin. He was responding to it on Twitter earlier. So so let's get in first of all. This is going to be the first the first thing on the podium. Uh, the the NASCAR Atlanta discussion versus the F1 discussion. Uh, my opinion on it, right? I am going to go first. I, I thought that was such a fantastic race. There's always going to be crashes in NASCAR races. We know it. It's NASCAR, right? In F1, we know that there's probably never going to be a yellow flag. If there is, well, that's crazy. There's not as many cars. It's less, it's just, it's a different style, right? But there was a lot of people that were going after, like, me for saying it was a good race. And then, like, I saw other people going after other people, like, oh, you guys are stupid. How can you not find this a good race? I, I can appreciate when there's a good F1 race. I can appreciate when there's a good NASCAR truck race. I can appreciate when there's a good IndyCar race, right? Because, like, I think we have to appreciate each form of motorsports' differences and where they can excel. NASCAR can excel in the fact that they are all so close, side by side. They can do a little rubbing, you know, a little rubbing and, and bumping. And 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 I, I enjoy it, but I, I don't I don't like to see all the fan bases go after each other. So, like, that's just kind of what, that's kind of the situation that we're in. The wait is almost over, North Carolina. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to your state. On March 11th, you'll finally be able to bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's tons of ways for you to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from the money line to over-unders to which team will win this year's tobacco road rivalry. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, with live betting, you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket. And the other one after that. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just go to FanDuel.com slash speed so you can be the first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina. That's FanDuel.com slash speed. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus and present in North Carolina gambling problem? Call 877-718-5543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. Availability subject to regulatory approval. Now, Chase, let's have you go first. You are an NASCAR guy, so we're going to start with you and say, "Hey, wh- wh- what are what are we looking at? Why why are why should we all be excited about this? And and why is there a bunch of arguments right now via F one and NASCAR?" So, first off, we can't really call F one racing Netflix racing that much anymore <laughs> because NASCAR is on Netflix as well. That's now. true. <laughs> 
I think <laughs> I think it's a very good thing, you know. But you know, there, there definitely is a rivalry. There's a little bit of uh, I think it's a little bit of just you know like a little chip on shoulder ego uh, that, that gets involved in the mix when it comes to these two guys, right? So you look at NASCAR on one end, right? This is you're definitely right, Connor, about the fact that these are two completely different style of races. And I saw some tweets like that were coming out basically. There's a lot of people right now that are like, NASCAR is the greatest, you know, and and, and they were, quote, tweeting stuff about F1 and, and yeah. this is that. It's like, no, like if you like F1, like I've, I watched the, the the Vegas race that you uh, you actually did some calls at, and I thought that yep. was a good race, okay? I'll yeah. It is, it, it's kind of like the differences between like liking to just watch a lot of like in-your-face, close-packed action versus like some fighter pilots like getting down and it's way more about strategy right so there definitely is strategy in nascar there's strategy over here but it's it's about the visual like what you like what is visually appealing to you right like for me i love knowing that there are these guys that are they're like trying to keep up with each other in this pack and stay formed without making mistakes that it's like edge of your seat action you're just shaking at the throttle cars are moving a little bit Yes, there's a, there's movement like it's to me that right there makes NASCAR NASCAR, and so when you look at F1, yeah, you might get some separation, but you have your moments of overtakes, you know, and that really just comes down to who's making better turns, who is uh, capitalizing on pit stops. So I, I'm just at a point now to where I, I think it's dumb to compare the two. I think that you have to understand that you know it, you choose which one you like most first. Watch that one. TiVo the rest. Catch some highlights <laughs> yeah. later. You know, whatever it takes. But but we should definitely find this this way to to start to merge it more because what's good what's going to be good for motorsports is is all motorsports getting uplifted, right? And especially when you insert IndyCar into you the- nailed it. Yeah, yeah. What makes that unique is the fact that you've got these cars that. Some people that don't watch racing, they're saying, that's an F1 car. Well, no, it's an Indy car. It's okay if you didn't know that. But, hey, have you ever seen an F1 car run on an oval? No, but guess what? We do it in Indy car. It makes it unique. It's So it's finding the little things about each of them. Figure out what you like best and make that your priority. And then, you know, just just vibe out. But I do agree with Kevin, though. Like, I mean, you could buy a house for the amount of money that you would spend going to an F1 race. But that's like this, it's, it's, and don't take this the wrong way. It's like an elitist culture, kind of. There's this little mm-hmm. bit of an elitist. So there is a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. 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 You know, so, yeah. so bring the ego down a tad. Yeah. And, you know, and like, cause like we're, we're just here to have a good time on the NASCAR side. And I feel like IndyCar is like kind of in the middle. And then you got F1 here. And now that I didn't know about this trademark infringement deal. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to do that, bro. Uh uh-uh. uh. They've already like, <laughs> you know, kicked Andretti in the knees. And now we're at this point. <laughs> Where we, you know, some... we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're, we're going to think... get there. I have, a, I have a question of why do you think most NASCAR fans don't like Formula One or vice versa? Like you're a NASCAR guy. So what will be your reasoning not for liking F Formula One? If you want my real honest opinion, <laughs> it's probably just because uh, they haven't taken enough time to really understand it or watch it. The fan base. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I know Formula One fan. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Now, I Kevin. I get yeah, no, go ahead. So, uh, so I, I want to get your take on this subject because again, you, 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 I know follow F one a lot, and but you're also a a, a studier of the internet and what pops off on the internet. You yes. see the clips, right? You yes. definitely get. Hey, 
So you probably saw the clips of the NASCAR finish. Boom, it's going viral, right? How powerful is that? And like, what do you, how do you, like, is there an argument here to be had? I mean, the, the, the real argument is that, you know, is that people on the internet really don't know anything about racing. It's, it's true. I mean, like, <laughs> look, I'm a guy who acts like I do. I don't know anything about racing, but like, you know, if you go to like, Shell just released something and I apologize. It was, Char- it was Charles with Carlos with a uh, NASCAR driver. I forgot his name. But oh, yeah, Joey Logano. Logano. Yeah, yeah. Logano. A lot right. of people forget it. Some, don't, yeah. Yeah. don't worry. About it. I mean, yeah, I know. Apparently, people don't like him or something like that, I yeah. guess. And um, they were talking. And he's like, Oh, so how many laps do you do? He's like, Oh, we're car for like three hours. And they were like, well, What? How long? Now, these are guys at the top of their game at the pinnacle of motorsport, as they say. And they're like, mm. You're sitting in the car for three and a half hours? That is nuts. Now, these are the people at the best of their sport agreeing that NASCAR is very hard. And there's a NASCAR guy agreeing with them. That Formula One is very hard, but yet you got Billy Bob in Great Nashville point. who's eating a bag of Cheetos, and then you got Frederick in Zurich who's yelling at him on Twitter that haven't done anything because they have an iRacing <laughs> account. One only races Formula 2000, the other one only does dirt tracks, and they're acting like they're the best racers on the planet. It's like you have the two best in the world, and they're agreeing that what they both do is very, very hard. And to compare the two are totally different. It's, you, I agree. You can't do it. And it's wild. And listen, fun. It's fun to watch. But yeah, it's just yeah, like, it's, yeah. And not for nothing. It's, <laughs> it, but it's but it's very very good for NASCAR because yes. it makes some Formula One fans go. You know, what? I'll, I'll watch a race this weekend because they're so close minded and so maybe some of the NASCAR. Actually, got with this. I think that most NASCAR fans are around motor racing at an earlier age than Formula One fans. Formula One almost seems now to be a sport where it's like. If you can attain the wealth to see it, you will then become interested in it. Netflix showed that, that if you're wealthy, you go to these races. I have friends who live in Miami that went to a Formula One race. They would call me up and say, who do I bet on? I'm like, but I'm Max. Like, but he's not starting first. I'm like, don't worry, he's going to win. Yeah. Is it that obvious? I'm like, it's that obvious. And the people, you got to know what he's talking about. My friend's like, he's been watching this for 20 plus years. He knows what he's talking about. Sure enough, Max wins. How'd you know that? It's like, that's just what happens here. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. the downside of Formula One, but that's also the plus side of Formula One, right? So it's like when you have someone that's out there that's dominating, people want to watch that person either succeed or fail. Yes. And I yep. think that's my one main problem with IndyCar. I feel like there's not one guy that wins every week where like, I want to see, I'm just going to pick a random guy, no offense, Joseph eat the wall this week i want to see his engine i want to see him done i want to see him get knocked out you don't have that you have so many different guys winning where it's like you can't really hate on a guy you want to hate on him but he's not winning enough for you to really hate on him i feel like if you have yeah. that one person like you have lewis for a while now you yep. have max so it's like people watch because they want to watch max lose people watch that's lewis a very interesting lewis lose yeah that's a that, great. That's a, that no. That's, that's a very very interesting point. Be, and and it, it, it we have such an interesting motorsport spectrum. And we're gonna get. I want to try to give each topic a little bit of time, right? Mm-hmm, sure. But but that when you say NASCAR's here, IndyCar's in the middle, and then Formula One's there, it, it you're exactly right. You in NASCAR, you have no idea what's gonna happen, right? It's certain, right. Uh, super speedways. It could be the guy who started dead last, who's plus fifty thousand odds, whatever it is. Dude. Never know, right? But, but there are still the, there are still the powerhouse teams that end up winning the most. However, mm-hmm. sometimes there's craziness in F1. I agree. If someone other than Max wins, it's like oh, it's a great day. Like people yeah. have 
people explode in their mind. And IndyCar, I, I think I love IndyCar though because we do have such a balanced field. Now mm-hmm. again, that's a very that is one way to look at it. Like you, you can say that hey, we don't want just one. Like th- there's not one guy that's dominating. You know, yeah, now Scott Dixon has dominated for a long time, right? But not every race. You know what I mean? Not every race. So I think it's it's accepting accepting that or or accepting the fact that you can get all three. And all three of these races, when we're all in season, you can physically watch all three of them if you time your days correctly. You know what I mean? How right. do you how 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 are we able to get like NASCAR just had four and a half million people watch their race at Atlanta, right? That's a lot of people. That destroys F one, destroys IndyCar mm-hmm. rigs. That's huge. How do we like? Because again, a rising tide raises all ships. I truly believe that. I truly believe that uh, that we should be on a mission to help all the four million people in, in that will watch NASCAR enjoy a bit of. IndyCar racing. And why not watch a Formula One race? A lot of those Formula One guys, they also watch NASCAR. Like, they enjoy it. They also love IndyCar. Like, those guys, when I go say hi to them in Vegas, like, they know what's going on. Like, they pay attention to what's going on in the world. So, it's very interesting points that you brought up. Um, Kevin, I I like that a lot. So, let's, okay, one subject down. We can come back to it at two if we want. But I want to get right into the next one because we're kind of making this a, a, like, a roundtable discussion. I don't know. This is a new thing. I don't know. Trademark, Kevin. You know a little bit about trademarks. You're a you're a business guy. You're a big business guy, smart man. So Thank if you. anyone did if anyone did not see it, F1 has now has used the greatest spectacle a couple times in their ad campaigns. Uh, for Vegas, they did it last year, and 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 I, Doug, the president of Speedway, is my family. So like I hear immediately like, uh, yeah, you can't do that. And because that's, you know, there's there's things that are in trademark laws, et cetera, trademark, all this stuff. I don't know enough about it. But whenever you hear the greatest spectacle, I think Indy 500. I think most people think about that. If you're a race fan, you kind of know it as the Indy 500. But F1 is trying ever so much to take over this country, of course. The United States of America, the big viewing audience. Kevin, tell us a little bit about what this might mean, what they're trying to do, in your opinion. And, you know, obviously, they, they've already removed it. Like, the, the newest ad for Bahrain is gone. So, clearly, the threat of us maybe going after them for something is is doing, is is doing is having an effect. Right. Well, first, the ad, if you guys obviously saw the ad, right? Yes. The ad was just full of crashes. So yeah. <laughs> they're going exactly for the U.S. market. They're going for America. They, yeah. Oh my NASCAR, God. All crashes, biggest spectacle, crashes, crashes, crashes. Meanwhile, you know, it's usually a, you know, there's a maybe a crash. Like three yeah, times every four years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they were showing all crashes. So that's one thing. Now, the, now I did read an article uh, with Doug in it and Doug said, listen, we, we're just not going after Liberty Media for the one. We go after even the small guys that use the name because you have to. Because once you start yeah. the president of letting someone get away with it, then you have an issue with that. Then it's like, well, why'd you let them do it? You should let them do it. So I told Like, you- I can't even, this is a great example. Yeah. Like, if you want, as a driver, like, you, I can't go out and, and like, put the IMS logo on anything that, like, I want to, like, let's say I wanted to make a cool T-shirt for for something, and I like, oh, maybe we have the wing and wheels on IMS. No, you can't. You like, you you can't do that. Like, right? The IMS Penske Entertainment they own those things, and you have right. to you have pay to them. pay for that. They pay for them. Tell them yeah. they pay for it, and whatever you sell, they get money from. Exactly. Um. So, I think, I think Formula One and Liberty Media at this point are just going to see what they can get away with. And they're just going to poke the bear, poke the bear, poke the bear, and see what happens. And then, 
it's going to come down to they're trying to make it an us first them kind of a thing. But what I, I think Formula One is kind of short sighted in op- doing all these races and everything else they're doing. They're not really making it for a longevity thing. They should really, in all honesty, want to educate everyone about motor racing. So when their fans go to the races, it's not just, oh, whatever, like first and second place, I know he's going to win. It's like, yeah, but like if you're a real fan like me, like I'm watching like six to 14. That's yes. where everything's happening, right? Because exactly. All the other stuff is, you know, what's going to happen, right? So the spectacle of it and the using the trademark, you, you can't. You, you're, you're trying to pit a battle against people for no reason. Like you're trying to, you're trying to split people. And what you really, what's going to happen is that if someone has loyalty towards IndyCar, they're just going to go. Eh, I'm just not going to go to the race. I'm not going to go to Formula One race. I'm not going to go to Miami. I'm not going to go to Vegas. Like, why are they being petty about this? Like, this is Indy. Like, guess people out of the states that aren't race fans or race fans, people who aren't race fans don't really understand the magnitude of the Indy 500. Like I went, it's true. I watch it on TV. But let me, I'm mean, getting goosebumps even thinking about it. Like there I you go up there in that infield first time, and I and the place was empty, and I was just like, "Holy, is this even for real? Like this is massive." Like I text the I'm like, "There's a golf course in the infield, trees, <laughs> like, yeah. grown trees, like, dude." I'm yeah, there was like, "This is this is ridiculous." He's like, "Oh yeah, man, this is like this is great," and I was just like, "I didn't realize how big this was before." Like, you don't really understand the vastness of it. And to just nickel and dime, like, IndyCorn and be like, oh, we're taking this, we're taking this. Like, you know what's wrong. Like, they know what's wrong. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, I know they're fighting a losing battle. I feel I feel like they're in a corner, dude. I really do. I feel like because of, like, with the Andretti thing that happened recently, now they've got this thing. The Netflix show with NASCAR is showing to be a success because mm-hmm. people like entertainment, okay? Right. that's It's the reality. People want to be entertained. Let's be real. There's no sugarcoating it. It's working, and it's working really good right now. And because NASCAR is putting on fantastic shows, that's working good. So it's almost like they're like that bully that's getting mad when they're seeing the the people they're picking on win, and then they're they're just kind of like, hmm, who else can we go after? Now they're looking for the new person to rub a noogie on. That's that's what they're doing with IndyCar right now. It's exactly what's happening, and that's a bad reflection in in all honesty because that just means... That if you're going after these things, we all know what the greatest spectacle in racing is. I wasn't even, even yep. before I went to an Indy 500, I knew that. I knew that. So that's why I'm saying that it just goes to show that they're scared. They're scared because they may be losing some of this because a lot of people were not happy with the fact that Max is constantly winning. The entertainment value is dropping yeah. a bit over there, and, and, and they, they, they don't know what to do. So now they're just picking on people for no reason. America yeah. is the most valuable market like that. That's that. And they get it. And and, and right now, like <laughs> America, sorry, but we ton of money, consumers, company, I mean, everything. So, I, you know, I, Kevin brings up a lot of great stuff there. And, and I, 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 I hate the battle because I, I, I don't want to see Formula One not succeed, but I, I don't want to see uh, Formula One try to come after something that is such a great american event a great american tradition a great uh worldwide motor racing respected tradition right. uh you have drivers coming from formula one to compete in the indianapolis 500 you have drivers coming from the nascar highest level to come compete at the indy 500 so that's off limits you, you can't go after that look the IndyCar series does need to do a lot of work every other race needs to get some popularity we understand that we're fighting for that but don't you dare 
go after the Indy 500 and stuff like that because that is that is overall respected by everyone in all the paddocks. I, I, it doesn't matter if it's the F1 paddock. If you talk to the real folks in the streets over there in F1 and the real folks in NASCAR, everyone understands that the Indy 500 is is deserves the utmost respect. I, I believe. Right. Yeah, I know. I yeah. agree. I agree as well. Yeah. I mean, Tell Max to come run the Indy 500 before yeah. say another <laughs> word. Before there's exactly. another word spoken, Max, <laughs> get over here, run the 500, or tell your series to quit it. Listen, I feel like Max, not for nothing, I feel like, you know, Max gets a lot of hate from people, but, like, would you, like, people who are motorsport fans see what Max is doing, like, when he's, like, not racing? They're like, this guy already started his own, like, um, not, uh, like, his own GT, like, his own GT car team. But like, yeah, he's got like a DTM he, team. He, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna this guy's gonna be racing forever. Like, oh yeah, sign senior. Like, he's gonna be in everything. And another thing you have, like, what happened was that you know when 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 Alonso did the Indy 500, which which our friend Connor got to hang out with him like every day. He was always be like, hey, I'm on a private jet with Fernando. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my god, you're so, so lucky. Went to New York. Oh my god, this guy's so lucky. But I feel like. You know, people on like Reddit or Twitter would be like, "Oh, we'll see all the, all the fans are going crazy for Fernando. They're all going crazy for Fernando." I'm like, "Yeah, because they know he's at the Indy 500, and they know it's not going to be 35 layers of security to get to him. They yes, know that he too. has to walk by them, and there's nowhere for him to go. He can't avoid fans. He's going to have to be right in front of them. Not and not a fan that spent fifty thousand dollars on a ticket. A guy who spent ten bucks got to see him. That's the difference. And I think when other fans don't realize how IndyCar is and the access you have to the racers. And I haven't been to, I haven't been to NASCAR, so I, I don't even know how that is for that one. Maybe you could fill me same, in. Same thing, still, right? So yeah. It's, it's a little like, bit more difficult, but yeah, but it's still better than better access than F1. They say I that's mean, the issue, though. They say that's a big issue, right? It's because of the exclusivity. And, and, and I do feel like it does add more hype whenever you have people that are off limits. Like Denny, uh, Denny that Hamlin. That is interesting, yeah. You know, like you're talking about, like when you go to an NFL game or an NBA game, you know, not just any fans going to get to go and just like stand there and like have a full blown conversation with like Zion Williams or something like that. You know, it's like, you know, so I do understand that dynamic and that could play a part too, but I don't think it's 100% the the thing, you know. Well, that was good to talk about, honestly. I, I think I, I wanted to get a little bit on this. We want to mm-hmm. kind of explore a, a, a bit of a bit of everything on these subjects. And there's one more that kind of fills out our podium. Uh, that again, Kevin. I know you have a, 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 a an interest in, uh, but IndyCar in specific, they banned the snake move. Now, again, if you listen to this show, I had mentioned that we had talked in the drivers' meetings about some rule changes, and this was one of them. We had talked in December, all the drivers together with Jay Fry, the leadership, that we probably needed to make some changes to the blocking rules at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for just for for honestly for pure how how sane it looked. And uh, for the for the safety for for everything. So you know, if, if you're not familiar, obviously Joseph weaved all the way down below the uh, the pit entry line on the front straight to you know to try to win the Indianapolis 500. He also weaved down the back straight. And so what's happening is it's 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 very simple. But a lot of people basically were like, well, are, if someone does this, are you gonna are you gonna disqualify them? And from what we've been told, yes, they will. Like. You're not going to be able to go that go below basically where the 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 pit wall is. That's a straight line, straight line from that from the pit wall, the attenuator, all the way down the down the straight. That's a straight line. So you, that's the track limit. You can't go below that. It, it's pretty black and white, but it, it is interesting because I think all the weaving, like we saw Simon Pagano do it a little bit, 
and you're trying to break the draft. I get it, but I, I think you're going to see a, a bit of a change in the rules only because I, I think it's a safety thing. Now, Kevin, what did, you, you said it looked cool to me in a text, so I was like, well, well I also don't, do I was going to ask you since you're the yeah. race driver here, and no offense, I don't know if you're race or not, sorry, I apologize. Chase does not race. I'm just a guy. Chase is, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I race him. <laughs> too. Yeah. We'll be friends later. We'll go race each other. Um, okay. But um, what is a reason for it? Like, is there an is it is that part of the track flat? Is are you getting more speed there? Is there no pitch anymore on there? Is that where you're going down there? Is it to break the draft so he can't be in your air anymore? You give him dirty air. What's the reason behind it? Yes. So the whole reason behind the snicking is essentially to break the draft to make it more difficult for the car behind to get that suck up effect. Um, now, I don't actually know if that works very well because every time I've seen someone do it, you know, like I haven't been too deep in that train because if it starts in P1, I, you know, even when I was running fifth or sixth at the 500, we're still weaving too. Now, I do believe it does reduce the closing rate because the, the it's not as just in synchronization of a, of a draft mm-hmm. type okay. experience. So that is the reason why. Now, if you do that so aggressively to where if you do get the run and you're swinging back down and old buddy behind you tries to pop out, that becomes a dangerous thing. That that becomes a because we do have rules in IndyCar that you can't make a reactionary block. Now again, are you are the officials going to make the call come to the checker for the Indy 500 if someone slams some other guy into the wall trying to block them? I don't know. That's going to be a big deal. So that, that's what I think people have an issue with is, are they going to call this? But we have to have rules in motorsport. I, I do believe NASCAR doesn't necessarily have rules when it comes to the checkered flag. We see people hitting each other all the time. And that does seem to work. But I think at the Indy 500, we've always had rules. We've always had these blocking rules. It's just now there. it seems like we've determined, hey, it's getting a little bit, it's getting a little bit crazy swerving all the way out of four into the pit entry and we and we just I think it's a safety thing. I think mean, purely purely it goes down to safety. I I can see the safety reason. And with, with like NASCAR, I mean, like you have the the line, right? You got the you can't go below the line. Don't go below the line, and you're yeah. Fine. NASCAR does have that rule, so that yeah. that's it's so, very similar. You can't is, pass below the yellow line. That's what I was thinking with it too, because like for one, I I am a big uh, advocate for the move. I, I feel like in that moment, not only because you know for for my own personal reasons, last year in the Indy Five Hundred and uh, <laughs> certain areas, uh, you know that were that were it was a very great day. Uh, I'll leave it there. But I will say this much: it was so cool watching him make that move, and there was a lot of chatter about how close he was coming to the pit wall. And I mean, dude, like he was very close to it. I mean, that could have been oh, yeah. a terrible time. So, from a safety perspective, I see them like like using that maybe as the reasoning. But like what Connor's talking about too is, yeah, I've heard from a lot of people uh, talking about the Indy Five Hundred, especially like we're talking about breaking the draft, right? Usually, when you're in second. And you're coming around there like that car is usually going to have an advantage to be able to can I make an overtake. So with what he did was, I mean, he went full risk it for the biscuit, dude. And like that was Joseph Newgarden all day long. I loved every part of it. It's just that I think that that is him defending his position the best way that he could to the best of his ability at the time and taking a risk that he felt comfortable with. If there is a rule that's made for it. So be it. It is what it is. You got to kind of roll with it and find a new way to adapt to win. 
it exactly i think that that needed to to really like be a thing like no for one it looked awesome and i don't know many other uh you know wild boys that would make <laughs> such a drastic move other than someone like a joseph newgarden who has been trying and trying and trying for an indy five for a minute so you know he he put it all out there on the line and he got it done um but at the end of the day if they make the rule they're just going to find new ways to adapt yeah and and i think yeah i think what we're going to see going down the back straight as well is, is something very similar so there, there was chatter and and i and i don't know if this was defined yet but there was chatter about if if we come onto the back straight out of turn two okay. a lot of the times we we drift to the middle of the track and then if we make one blocking move down to the inside that's usually it right so there's talk of us being able to only make about two moves. So that's coming off the wall, going to the inside, and going back out to the outside. That's your two moves of that means you can't go snake one side back to the other and then back to the other and then back. So there, there's talk of, of that as well. Uh, but realistically, all that was defined currently is that you can't break the track limits wall, which is which is, I think... It's fine. Now, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I believe that Joseph, honestly, Marcus had a really good run on Joseph last year. So Joseph, you can see in your mirror when a car is within striking distance. And I would say Joseph, the only reason he did that is because he knew Marcus was 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 close enough that if he only went a little bit to the inside, Marcus might end up wheel-to-wheel with him at the start finish line. Now, the year before, Marcus did a little bit of weaving, but but the car behind didn't even get close. Marcus actually got pretty close to Joseph. So maybe that was the move that really helped him secure it. But I, I am glad that we focused more on let's be efficient through turn three and four to extend the gap instead of just swerving out of four and, and trying to make it kind of a crazy looking deal. So. So, the, so the real safety issue is if the lead car doesn't get back on the track in time and it hits that that pit wall right that's that's the real issue here it's not the issue of the i mean does now connor so if the guy when so when the lead car pulls off and you're coming to that turn and he's in front of you obviously your your inputs are different because you're i guess you're you're um oh my god that's oh my god if you this be on i'm gonna be talking like an idiot um you have no downforce right yes yeah you're in dirty air yeah you have your dirty air so like is your driving really changing from the car in front of you not being there anymore, I mean, ter- the input on the steering wheel is it that much? Is it is it also safety for the secondary car? Well, think if the leader in P two crash out of turn four in front of thirty other cars, you know, on the last lap, not a great look. So they're, they're right. trying to uh, they're trying to figure out how how we can make this a bit safer. And the attenuator, which is right at the beginning of pit entry, mm-hmm. that's the worst thing you could possibly hit as a driver. I think like okay. that that's the worst thing you could possibly hit. It's essentially like you're driving into a javelin. So like that that would split things in half. You know, poor Spencer Piggott, our buddy, hit that at the eighty five hundred. That's a big hit. Mm. Oh, buddy was Boy, hurting for a long I think time. He's still feeling it. Also, he's still feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 it it really is a safety thing, but it's also you know we we do have to put track like NASCAR even puts track limits on. And and to be fair, that is one rule that they do follow. They might wreck each other coming to the line, but you don't see anyone getting a big run down the bottom and they're going below both yellow lines and making NASCAR make a call. Like, they know that that's a rule. So I think this is fair. I don't want people to misinterpret this at all and, and not understand that, hey, it's just it's just something that that needed clarification, essentially. So on, so on that one turn, they're only allowed to make one move down. But let's say... Well, that's that's not the thing. So basically, 
I, I don't know if it was confirmed. I'm just saying what mm-hmm. I thought, that we're now only limited right. to a couple moves. But technically, if the car is behind you, our blocking rules, you can't make a reactionary move. So when you block, you can move as long as you move first. And then you can drift up a little bit when the person chose not to take that move. Right. But the reactionary blocking is what's a penalty. And right. then now, going below that you know, that attenuator line, basically the... the Think of that like the pit wall extending all the way to the apex of turn four, essentially. So like gotcha. you, you can't okay. go below that. And so they're yeah, going to have sense. to officiate that, which is going to be a challenge. But that's basically it. The, the weaving, I don't know if that's actually been really determined yet, but there's a potential for that to be determined. So that that's kind of clearing it up for people. We're just, we're just defining track limits, essentially. Just a little bit of track limits. That's all. Is there a lot of weaving in NASCAR? Not as much because they're just more packed up. I, I would right. say you see it sometimes on the mile and a half and, and, and maybe like a slightly bigger track. Um, occasionally you'll see a car try to break the toe a little bit mm-hmm. because, again, it is – if you got just two cars lined up, much easier to draft. But if, if one swerves a little bit, there's a – at least in your mind, you think it works. So, Way more of like an intermediate track type deal. Like they're going up to yes. Vegas this week, so you're going to see that. You might see it in Vegas. Okay. Um, especially with this new next gen car, are they like I, I know that Auto Club isn't around anymore, but that was one of the most fascinating races of 2023. Yes, that race, um, 2022 put on a great show too. So the next gen car really good, uh, with that type of race, and that's my favorite style of racing is the intermediate tracks. So we just had a great race. I'm not gonna lie, but moving forward, you may see a little bit more of that action now and. Uh, they really were hoping to get the tandem drafting back. I think it was kind of like what the goal was, but it just didn't work out. I know Brad K talked a lot about that in the beginning, but uh, but yeah, it's not nearly as much as what you'll see in any car on Opals, man. And intermediate track is what? What's the, what's the length of that track that makes it intermediate? Uh, usually about about a mile. That's about a mile, about a mile and a half, mile. Okay. mile tracks. Is what's Pocono? What's what's Pocono? Pocono would be considered a mile and a half, two mile. Miles. No, Pocono is a super speedway. Pocono is two and a half miles. Yeah. yeah, Pocono's a wow. super speedway. Yeah, okay. wow. yeah. Wow. triangle. Yeah, that's a big one. That's yeah, a big old triangle, one. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> triangle. Um, so yeah, so there there was three discussions. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? Capping off our our three item discussion, I think we had a lot of great stuff to kind of let people know what's going on, let people know yeah. what what has happened, and and what and you know I think we should do this once a month where we sit down and kind of really get into the the two sides of things that happen on the Twitter sphere. Um, you guys feel good about I, that? No, we didn't we punch out windows. I'm glad there was no window. We didn't punch out windows. <laughs> we're good. We, we learned. This, we learned. This, this is almost right. too. The people were like, they didn't fight. I'm like, well, yeah. They're gonna be like, hold on a second. They actually have a point. I think. But why do we? Yeah. Talking along. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it was a good discussion. I really do. And to cap this off, though, as well, and Chase, I, I think I told you this a little bit. We're race fans, so we're gonna make some predictions. I, I want to have Kevin here because I think three of us making predictions is is really good. It's yeah. prediction week. We've got the F1 World Championship firing up. We've got the IndyCar Championship coming up here very soon. Obviously, we still have another week before uh, you know we we will we will have another episode before the IndyCar season kicks off. But I think because we've got three of us here, we are going to pick and we're going to call this the prediction segment that's about it i have no other name i'm just kidding for it. i don't have any cool names for it <laughs> but uh this is the prediction segment uh we're gonna be wizards this is the wizard hour um indycar champion is gonna be our first our first uh our first pick um indy 500 top three in no particular order no particular order that's that's gonna be you just have to pick three people who might finish in the top three okay and 
this might be the one that's the easiest bet to make ever, the F1 world champion. So that is, those are our three predictions. Uh, I will go first. I will go first if you guys would like to know if that's fine. Um, IndyCar champion for me this year is going to be Alex Pillow again. I think Alex Pillow is in a, we're in a dominant era. I think Alex Pillow is going to win again. I, I think, I think he is, he was already fastest this week in testing yesterday. Uh, I think Alex Pillow is going to be champion um, for many, many reasons. Moving on. Actually, no, let's, let's do all of our champions first and then we'll do all of our, cause then we get everyone going. So uh, Chase, I'll go, I'll go, I'll give it to you next. Who do you think is going to be the 2024 IndyCar series champion? Since you said that we were going to be wizards, I'm just going to pull this out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and get to it. Uh, Scott Dixon, seven-time uh, world champion uh, this year, 2024. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty D, Scotty Dixon, the man in the Wow, movie. gets number seven. Number nine. Like, wow. He's going to be the first one to it. It's Scott Dixon. This is the year. All right, that's the prediction for IndyCar world champion of the world. I love it. Uh, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to left field. I'm gonna say okay. Florida man's gonna win. I say I think Kyle Kirkwood. Ooh! Oh, I could see it. I I, I could see it. I think uh, he's, I like I, I, like I, I that. think he's a little bummed out that I think he's pumped for his friend in front of the wall, but he's just like he got to be like, yo, man, I'm the cooler one. I'm a champion. You got like a point. It's cool, but yeah. like I'm the champ. Kyle, Kyle Kirkwood, good friend with Logan Sargent. We yes, yes. that's yes. they're both Florida men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, a Florida man is a champion. I like that. I think that could happen. I, really I just do. hope at the end he's got a mullet at the end. I just hope oh. he grows out a mullet. If he starts winning races, every race is let it grow in a month. So the grow. If he gets St. Pete, you're on to something, dude. Yeah. See this? Say that. If he wins a St. Pete, you're on to something. Big time. Gosh, and I do like that pick, honestly. I do like that pick. You like that one? All right. Now we're going to move to a very, very important subject, the Indy 500 Top 3. Now, I, I ask this of our guests. I do ask this of our guests sometimes. Guests that are not necessarily involved in racing. So I'm going to have uh, uh, three people that I think are going to finish in the top three of the Indy 500. I'm going to go with myself. Myself, uh, obviously. I'm going to. I can't can pick myself for this uh, for this case. I'm also going to pick Alex Pillow. Alex Pillow's been very very fast every year. Sadly, those are two easy picks, and I know it. Um, but number three. Now again, this is no particular order, but number three for me is going to be Alexander Rossi. I think Alexander Rossi is is going to be saucy on the gas. Saucy Rossi is going to get on the gas. Um, I think he 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 will have a shot at winning. I think I think Alex needs it too. So Alex is in a contract year. I think Alex is in a contract year. So Alex is going to be in the top three of the Indy 500. Let's hope this year he smiles when he drinks the milk. There you go. Hey, no, no, no. He's not going to. Well, he might win. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> All right, Chase, go for it. All right, here we go again. Yep, top three. All right, top three right now. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say Marcus Erickson Redemption mm-hmm. Tour. All right. One. Uh, Got to go with uh, the the New Zealand Zebra King, uh, Scott Dixon. Uh, Zebra King? <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, and, and then also going to go with... Um, the, you know who I'm going. It's Connor Daly. Yeah. Whoa, that's a, you don't have to pick me. You really don't. Know, I, I don't care. The energy is real, and it's yeah. going to stay here. And if Kevin doesn't pick you, then then we got to kick him. That's off. all right. I didn't know Scott Dixon was the Zebra King. I I didn't know that. But the New Zealand that. Zebra King. That's him. 
I love it. All right, Kevin, give us a top three at the Indianapolis 500, no particular order. Since I'm the oldest one here, I'm going to okay. pick another old guy. Uh, if Takuma Sato is racing, I'm going to give him his He is racing. Shot. He is racing. Yep. So yeah, go. he's racing okay. for Ray Hall. Yep. This will be it. So I think Takuma okay. Sato top three this year. Okay. Um, That's a good pick. I, th- I think Saucy Rossi. Okay. Saucy Rossi, and, Alex Rossi. And Cooter. Cooter Daly. All right. Cooter that's Daly. That's I think. That's it. That's my, that's my top three. I think I always yeah. feel like it's crazy. Whenever I watch the race, I see like Sato's like right there. And I'm like, how is this guy still pulling this off? Yeah. How is he still it's, right in the mix? He's going to do it again this year. He's going to be up still at the there. front in some way. And it's going to be wild. Machine. Are I there like any that. Other, are there any other people coming over and racing this year? Like Formula One people? Anybody? No Formula One, on... but Kyle Larson. Kyle, Kyle Larson, Larson from NASCAR is going to be there. Kyle Larson. Yep. You need to pick Kyle Larson? Well, uh-huh. no, I know, but that's disrespecting the art. That's disrespecting I, the Indy 500. Yeah, I think that, I think that Kyle has a great shot at the Coke Six. Not sure about. I think maybe top five. Four. Top five. I would say Kyle is going to finish fifth. Kyle's Who's he racing fifth. with? McLaren. He's good. He's McLaren. Yeah, good team. Yeah, oh, I'll just, good I'll just team. throw this out there real fast too. I don't. Want, I don't know her feelings. Uh, shout out to my dog Scotty Mack. He's a top five guy too. Yeah. Five. Now oh, we're moving yeah. into top five. So, how many cars does McLaren have this year in the Indy 500? They will have four. So four. Kyle will be the fourth. Yep. Yep. A lot worse. Yeah. I'll be good. Gonna, is that the most of the field? Those Penske have like thirteen again. No, no, no. Ganassi's got five. Yeah, Ganassi's Chip got Gasser, five yeah. all year. Yeah. Yeah. Ganassi's got five all year. So, yeah, it's gonna be a big one. One. They'll be a good one, Kevin. You're gonna be there. You're gonna be watching. Yeah, you're gonna be watching. We watch um, the trees with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Kevin's gonna get. We're gonna give him a tree house and a whole eight of the golf course. Whole For eight real. of the golf Build course. Us a tree yeah. house. I'll be in the grassy knoll. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be over there. All right. Moving on to potentially the easiest prediction of all time. <laughs> We still I think I think Max Verstappen is like minus one. Max Verstappen I think is minus seven hundred to win the world championship oh, or something absurd. There's some wild odds. Of course. I am gonna go out on a limb and say that Max Verstappen is gonna win the world that was a great one. I really wanted to say Lewis Hamilton. I actually wouldn't mind seeing a nice little battle to the end with Lewis, but I just don't. I don't know if the Mercedes have it in them. I I, I think Max is the easy one. I, I think I don't want to be easy. I, I hope all three of us. I hope there's another answer other than Max Verstappen. Maybe Chase, you'll you'll find some. You know, maybe find something in your in your little wizard uh, wizard sphere over there. Yeah. All right. So I have the answer here. And look, okay. I, Chase currently, if you're not watching this on YouTube, Chase is rubbing a purple wizard circle. It looks like a like a wishing bowl or something. Oh, I think that's the actual holder might be like a dragon's foot or something. Yeah, like. yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. For this. The sword. Uh, yeah, it's a dragon's <laughs> foot. One of the trees, an enchanted tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so I I really don't even have to rub the crystal ball for this one. I I feel this one in my gut and in my soul. It, Ferrari's time. Ferrari's it is. time is coming. And there's been a lot of bad luck for one guy, and it's my guy. Okay, if I if I'm gonna pick a guy in F1, I've already got him, and and I gave him a nickname. It's, it's, it's the homie Charizard Charles Charles Leclerc. All right, I want to let you know right now, he's coming, bro. He's coming. Charizard Charles. He's flying high, and he's gonna soar, and he's gonna soar the finish. This is the year, Charles Leclerc, world champion F1. He's been waiting for it. It's his time, Charizard Charles. I'm out. Charizard, Charizard. Yeah, I think he's got a point. You know why I think he's got a yeah. point? 
because I feel like Carlos has the worst luck in Formula One. Oh, yeah. And always watching his manager on the show getting so angry with the guy with the glasses. I was like, oh, I yes. can't believe it. He's <laughs> like a matron at like a Spanish restaurant that I like, can't believe that like, you're partying from two, what, the four. He's just getting angry. Like, I don't need tables for this. Yeah. He's like that angry guy. And I feel like Charles will win this year. And the car is going to be good for five years. And now Lewis steps in. Lewis is not a dumb guy. He's going somewhere that's got something happening. Smart. He's yeah. 10 steps ahead all the time. So I might agree with you saying Charles. Charles when- wins. Carlos leaves. And then Lewis wins two or three more. And I think that's where it's going to go. Two or three more? Woo! We just made think- history. Woo! And F1 fan agreed with a NASCAR. <laughs> you see that? Make it hard Charles. I can't believe going. I was the only one there who ended up with Max Verstappen. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, I, that's I, the, I, listen, that is the well, we got to be different. Like, yeah, we got to. Yeah, let's 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 have something to cheer for. Yeah, that's what's going to happen, right? So it's like, I, I listen. Last year, I, I thought Alonso might pull out last year. When yeah, some races they were coming up there. I said, hey, I looked at it like the Indy car away, right? Like you could win one or two and still win the championship. It's a math. It's a math game here, right? You might just yep. there points a couple times. I was like, maybe he might pull this off. And then, obviously, it fell apart. But, you know, Max just kept winning and winning and winning. I was like, okay, am I really waking up at 4 o'clock to watch this race? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, guys, I, I, I really enjoyed this segment, honestly. I, I think we, 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 don't, we could go on forever about a lot of these things. But we want to basically hit them on the head. And I, I really appreciated everyone. I think all of us opening up the discussion about this is important. So, Kevin, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having uh, Chase, me on the People's Republic of Podiums. I appreciate the people's, that. yeah, the People's Republic of Podiums. Yeah, yeah. This is the uh, the we're gonna give it a segment, like maybe like a cul-de-sac or, or like okay. uh, some sort of boulevard, the Podium Boulevard. I don't know because this is Speed Street, so maybe we're gonna do something with like a cul-de-sac or like a, right, a neighborhood. Yeah, something like that. Um, but or Kevin, how. thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, I appreciate it. We appreciate that. And now we will get to our fantastic interview with a young and up-and-coming superstar, Miles Rowe from the Indy NXT series. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we have a very, very talented guest, a young and up-and-coming superstar, uh, a a driver that I believe there are many people in the IndyCar paddock, in the IndyCar world, in the world in general, um, see something special in this young lad. Uh, He is the 2023 USF Pro 2000 champion, uh, 23 years old, driver for HMD Motorsports with Force Indy and then Indy NXT Series. Miles Rowe. Miles, we appreciate you being here. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Are we excited? Are we ready to go? We're getting things, we're getting our vibes up, getting everything right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure to be on here, Connor. Thanks thanks, uh, thanks for having me on, you and Chris. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm super excited for the season, man. It's, it's going to be, you know, just a, a whole wave of emotions but from like learning the car how to drive it differently on on the tracks i know new tracks and everything and just um yeah you know being basically parallel with the indycar series uh you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool you i think you've had a very interesting road to where you're at now um because i mean i i remember seeing your name uh, i mean for for years and, and to be honest you're not the youngest guy in the series right like you've definitely you know, been through the trials and tribulations of the uh, of the racing scene, right? Not having the funding—that's the biggest issue that we that we run into. Uh, you know, on the road to indie system, 
uh, trying to get the support to drive. Um, but but and, and I think also you have either been in situations where all of a sudden you got wrecked out of a out of a race that you know might have launched you into the right situation in the championship, etc. And you're still here. You, you you have won a championship to now put you into the Indy NXT series. What has been the most difficult part over the last, let's say, four or five years as you've moved into the car racing scene? What's been the biggest challenge for you? Obviously, everyone can say funding, but I guess expand on that if you can. Yeah, for sure. The biggest challenge, uh, you know, funding um, is is every driver's biggest challenge uh, trying to just show up, you know, for the next week race weekend and especially the next championships uh, and having support uh, through the initiative of the race for equality and change with the Indianapolis Speedway and, and Roger Penske that has sort of um, really helped pave my way. Um, and there were some challenging uh, times in there where, where we lost some funding. Um, but uh, Roger, uh, Roger Penske stepped up and we got it back. And that was um, something it goes into my next point in, and just managing expectations, I think, um, and managing kind of yourself and, and just kind of how it kind of comes in waves throughout this season. You know, you have the beginning and then you kind of find a rhythm and then whether you're doing well, whether, you know, you're lacking performance and kind of your mindset, uh, there's different levels of expectations that come throughout every season, every championship. Uh, and it, it it's not necessarily, I'd say, a difficulty almost. It's more just something you really have to pay attention to as a driver. It's one of the things I try to pay attention to mostly. Um, some people could, and will call it pressure and other things. Um, it's, it's really just about how you, how you just focus more on yourself, uh, essentially and, and not let, you know, outside voices and things impact your performance on and off the track. Uh, and I think that's been something that's been very key in helping me move forward, uh, and stay focused, uh, because as you move up through the ladder, um, through any sport, uh, there's a lot of different voices and noises coming in that can, you know, lead you astray. Uh, so I think it's very important to focus on on those things and learn how to, you know, stay on the right path. Yeah, I mean, it's you've had quite a road. I mean, I remember the GoFundMe, are there, the the people trying to help you, Roger Penske helping you. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's number one. That's the best person you could have in your corner. But but I think there's also always a reason why people people can see that you know what you're doing, right? Like that's that's important. You are a winner. It's not like. We're on some, uh, you know, mission to support someone who doesn't have results. You are winning, and and that that is always what I tell young drivers. That's if you are winning, usually now it's hard, but 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 people find a way to to make this happen. And you know, you came so close to a championship, right? Finishing second place in points in 2022. Is that correct? And then yep. boom, here we go. Now we win. Last year, how, how tough was that? like finishing second and knowing that that scholarship obviously was right there. But then, you know, you solved all your problems. You won it the next year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was tough because in that year, uh, I didn't know I was going to complete a full season, actually. I only knew I was good up to about three events. Um, so that was when Roger Pesky stepped in and really helped me complete the season. And, yeah, it was it was really crushing in the end to finish second because we were first going into the last race. Uh, for that weekend, so it was one of. The I remember things. this well, by the way. We we watched this. I, I mean, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, it was for big. people it was, to hear it, it's it wild was because there was the the points race was really close between me, Michael, uh, Orlando, and Jay Stidmark, uh, who was my teammate at the time, and and yeah, there was a lot of big. Uh, There's a lot of enthusiasm around just kind of how it was going to shake out, 
given there was three races at Portland, and we all know how hectic Portland can be, especially on on mm. starts and restarts. Um, so yeah, it 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 definitely crushed crushed us a little bit, uh, just knowing we were first going into that weekend. Um, but it was also, um, you know, everything is supposed everything that happens is always supposed to happen, and so without that kind of learning lesson because I, I, I don't have as much experience uh, in my youth as as uh, other other go-karters and other racing drivers had. So that was sort of a lesson for me that I had to learn then in order to succeed, uh, which was in 2023 and, and throughout uh, in my career. So it, it definitely, you know, was one of those things where you take off your, you don't want to take off your helmet. You don't want to believe it in the end sort of a thing. Um, but yeah, luckily I have a good basis around me and, and, I was able to quickly understand that, you know, these are things that happen in order to get me forward, to move me forward and and help me learn the things that I need in order to be the person, the man I'm going to be, you know, in in 5, 10, 15 years. I want to know more about the Force Indie group, right? Because we've seen them with Ernie Francis Jr. Uh, I I have met a lot of the folks in that group. Great group of people, I think. Very supportive. Uh, To have some folks from Penske there as well, I think is very, very helpful. But how have you seen that that element of the team grow? Because obviously you're partnered with HMD, which is, you know, they have like a 47 cars in Indy Lights or Indy NXT. But how has the Forced Indy group grown since since basically the inception of it, since the beginning? And 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 how inspiring is that to see that group grow as well? Yeah, it's it's really cool because I, I started when they started in, in, a, in 2021 in the USF 2000 Championship. That was my first year uh, in road racing and Forced Indy's first year just ever competing. Um, so I really got along uh, and, and built a family uh, with the different mechanics and and uh, you know the, the the chiefs that were really running the program and um, it was just a great experience for me you know to do that together um, and, and have that experience together you know um, a lot of times you come into a team and and they're showing you the ropes and they know all this and all that um, and Force Indy definitely knew that from from Penske personnel coming in to help and and uh, and like you know share the ropes um to to the guides on force cindy uh it was still like the team and me were just in the same journey on the same path and the same rhythm and that was something really special and i'll cherish absolutely forever and they've grown immensely just just getting to indy indy next um before i got there was was just super tremendous um i think it helped grow it helped the brand grow a lot um and they and it you know basically um, built a much bigger community um, because I was still in USF 2000 when they moved uh, to Indy Next, and, and it helped grow a bigger community for me to kind of step into now in the Indy Next series with HMD partnering with us. Uh, and yeah, they just it's it's incredible what they've done. Um, the 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 skills that that uh, you know people I call my friends and family now, the mechanics and engineers have learned. Um, you know, just being on the on the team for a few years is is incredible, and, and I'm seeing it firsthand. And like I said, we're in the same rhythm as, as me. You know, learning the the super precise um, notions of a race car, and, and yeah, it's just fabulous. And there's a, there's a lot more a lot more growth uh, to happen with that team. It's just the beginning, and it's um, it's fantastic, honestly. I love to hear all this stuff, man. I'm I'm uh so. I was doing a little bit of research, like just kind of learning a little bit more about you, Miles. And and one thing that I found fascinating about you personally is kind of how you got into racing. Um, I read online that you were watching television with your father and it just so happened to come on the screen and you saw it. So with you talking about what you were speaking on with uh, with Portland, it, it just seems like 
you're a big mind over matter guy. And, and I think that that's cool. And I think that that's the, the way you've got to be whenever you're having the, you know, uh, you're a competitive person in the world. One thing that I found amazing was that you simulated racing using couch cushions. Is this correct? And and I know that it, the car is not as comfortable as couch cushions. No. How, <laughs> how did this work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I, so when I was younger, I used to have, I used to use anything I could to kind of make shift my own simulator. And it was a sort of a situation where everything was kind of so flimsy and, and not, you know, um, not basically robust enough to hold for a permanent amount of time. I always had to rebuild something in order to keep my wheel up and my pedals, you know, where they're supposed to be. So I would use couch cushions, man. I'd use all these different kinds of chairs and desks, you know, everything like like normal seven racers would use to kind of, you know, make it work just so you could be able to drive. Um, so yeah, I, I got a wheel and pedals when I was uh, about 11 years old and I got the F1 2011 game. So about eight years from when I discovered racing, um, I didn't really have anything to, to simulate driving. It was only watching, you know, on TV, um, playing with Hot Wheels sort of a thing. Um, so I finally got this wheel when I was 11. And, and yeah, anywhere I went, I wanted to take it and I just wanted to drive on Gran Turismo 5, F1 2011. That was that was my stuff, man. And, and yeah, I just, I, I would spend hours and hours and hours um, running running these games and and like when I was little, a lot of I, I, I really believe a lot of my there was a period uh, of four years where I didn't race at all. Um, I stopped when I was 17. I didn't go back in. So I was 21 in the USF 2000 season. Um, and I didn't watch a lot of people don't know. I didn't watch racing at all. Uh, I didn't look at any news at all. Like I was out of the scene. I didn't want to see it. I was, you know, refocused and everything. And so honestly, if it makes you feel any better, if it makes you feel any better from 2017 to 2021, I wasn't full time racing driver either. So I I also spent four years trying to be a racing driver. So I I feel that four year, that four year toughness. Yes, man. (laughs) What was going on in that time? And and coming back in, trying to like relearn skills um, was was a little bit difficult. It just felt a little funny. Uh, But I think I was able to get back into it really well uh, because of all of the time I spent um on on these games on Grand Turismo 5 and the F1 games and I spent a lot of times there was about a two-year period where every single freaking morning I would wake up and I have this I still have the watch later saved on my YouTube and it was like a good 10-15 videos of of all these breaking techniques you know like speeches from Ayatollah Senna and everything I'd watch it every single morning and I'd go and I'd drive for hours sort of a thing um and I did that for like a couple of years like like ritualist like it was a ritual and um yeah so all that stuff was just kind of i learned even though i didn't have a lot of time in a go-kart i learned all this stuff just by like you know using my sources the internet and and the stupid little video games i could play um on my on my little wheel and and yeah it's that that was a time i'm glad you brought that up because that hits home that was that was me i've always always been about that and and yeah i love that i love that culture I love it, the, man. Look what we got you, brother. Look what I mean. Yeah, look what I'm okay. saying, man. Ain't nothing stupid about it, dude. I mean, you just had a a, a driver in NASCAR win a Daytona 500 that started on iRacing. So I mean, right. it's a uh, it, it's a starting spot. It's real. So I love to hear that. Those those four years, right? So when you go away from racing, you it's very rare that you can come back, right? It's very rare. <laughs> what first of all. What did you find yourself, other than racing every morning on the simulator, playing games, that also makes me feel old because you were playing F1 2011. I played F1 2001 uh, on the computer, <laughs> no big deal. 
Uh, it was a great game. Had a nice little Momo steering wheel. It was cool. Um, but we, uh, in, in those four years, you're focused on racing. But did you, in your mind, were you prepared that, hey, I'm going to get back into racing? Like, I am going to make this happen at some point? Or were you starting to think, you know, maybe there's other things out there to do? Like, what, what was that mindset like? Yeah, no, I was, I was fully prepared. Fully prepared. Uh, I love that. 120%. Um, yeah, it, it always scares me kind of thinking back to how confident I was when I was younger. Um, but somehow I always knew I was going to have to have these skills in order to succeed. Um, sort of like kind of towards that, that that context where I I knew if I wanted to be the man I wanted to be, I had to work then and there uh, in order to set up a basis to get to where I'm going. So... Let's learn a little bit about Miles outside the racing car, right? We like you've, I assume, in those four years, you also did other things, right? So, what do you like to do outside the car? What do we like? Obviously, you have to focus your entire life on being a racing driver. Like, I don't do anything else except like play video games and try to be a you know get get Pokemon cards now. But anyway, like what like what do you like to do outside of? Because like I saw you walk around with a camera for a long time. Are you are you really into the photography stuff? Like, do you enjoy that? Yeah, man, I do. I, I I like to do a lot of things. I mean, just honestly, just kind of embrace life in the moment. Um, I'm big into filmmaking and photography, so I went to school uh, for filmmaking. Wanted to be a DOP director of photography for a while. That's kind of evolved to wanting to kind of oversee the whole thing and and be a director. Uh, but uh, ever since I kind of started taking classes and uh, filmmaking and everything, I, I kind of branched over into photography and so these studio lighting and fashion photography and things. Um, and those things really captivated me to the point where I would also be happy, you know, being a photographer for a brand or a magazine in my future. And, and you know, really, I'm, I'm big in, I love just different creative styles, not not just limited to, to photography and, and using a camera, but, but just any kind of creative style, whether it's drawing and painting um, and music. Uh, I, I just kind of love how people, especially the greats, uh, learn how to dis- distinguish themselves. Um, through what they make and and what they see uh, and what they want to portray. Uh, and yeah, that's something that's really captivated myself. I, I try to, as I grow in my driving and, and, and learning about myself on track, I try to, uh, when I come off track, uh, enhance that, you know, that sort of ability, that's that sort of uh, that place in your brain that, you know, is able to absorb information. I try to, I try to push that by, by learning how to create, you know, my own photography style um and and eventually my own filmmaking style um and it's sort of it's sort of a thing that passion that i have for that it's like it, if i don't make a feature film by the time i die i'll be really sad sort of a thing. let's like go I wanna have my own there feature you go. Film, make it do it like that's just a baseline very generic goal for me but i'm gonna make it happen sort of a thing um, i'm very the, passionate on it uh, the, the, and, the art imitates life Thing right there i mean you're yes. an artist at heart and i think that makes good drivers man because it fuels that passion gets fueled yes. and you're a you're a big fan of lewis hamilton obviously right yes, yes so i hear you say that you know you're big into fashion photography you know in like you know five six years from now when miles Rowe is rolling up at met gala what are you wearing <laughs> yeah there you go what is the what is the vibe i need to know what i need i need to see the vision yeah totally i mean uh probably I wouldn't want to go too crazy, um, but that's so broad, you know what I'm saying? But I really like the idea of showing up to an event um, with a lot of eccentric things and going really simple with it. So I think a really nice black tie, you know, suit would be great. But, but you know, anything 
um anything that's a little different you know like little i'm big i'm big into little touches you know like like little subtle touches or something with the tie or something mm-hmm. like cufflinks you know maybe a little bit of extra flair and such um would really would really highlight it but i'm big on 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 simplicity so no jared leto cat suit <laughs> Got no, it. Not for me, not, no, not in the next couple of years. <laughs> Miles, I think you need to play this up. Like you, you this has to be you. This has to be you on social media. This has to be you showing up to every Indy Lights race. I, I think as a young driver, and, and we're in an era now where we obviously see how powerful social media is. Like it, it is it is the ultimate the the ultimate attractant. It's the ultimate moneymaker for so many people. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think you are such a unique person, but also a very talented driver. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's plenty like, Hey, you're going to post a photo of you winning the race, right? Boom. This is awesome. But like during that week and leading and going into the racetrack, we're going to be looking good every week. You know what I mean? Like there's not enough of right. that. I think in Throw racing, like you, you <laughs> see in Formula one every Friday or Thursday, the drivers walking in looking absolutely right. awesome or, or <laughs> insane, or they look like psychopaths. I don't know either way, but it's unique. And it's right. something that 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 specializes them as elite athletes and elite human beings. Right. Right. And so I, I I think you've got a lot there, and and your mind I can already tell is at a very high level when it comes to uh, just everything outside of racing, along with inside of racing, because you're going out and winning. So I think this is as someone who is basically solely only on social media now because I'm not really that employed. But you gotta you gotta use it. You know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta be the whole like establish your brand. And that's going to attract sponsors too. That's going to attract support, and that's just going to be unique. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Yeah, good point on the F one drivers. It's just like, uh, yeah, the sport, the sport, um, it just enhances any industry. Honestly, I mean, just the kind of energy when when you know people, you know, come to impress, sort of a thing. It it, it gives a certain energy to the whole to the whole event. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I plan to bring it, man. I'm, I'm good. One yeah. thing. This is kind of a random question, but. Have you ever had a painted helmet? You know, had a no. Okay, because this is one thing that I I wanted to say because I'm a big helmet paint job guy, and I was like, I don't think Miles Rowe is a helmet paint job guy. Are we getting our helmet painted this year? Are we going to have some art up there? Are we going to have no, some creativity? Man. What's going no. on? No, man, we're going we're going slick, simple carbon fiber. That's my thing right now. <laughs> carbon fiber is that just really? And yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it super simple. Wait. I'm not changing it for Andy next. Yeah, and maybe I don't know. We'll see. There, there'll obviously be a Fort Cindy logo or something, but I'm gonna keep it the same right now. And you know, um, we'll see what happens um, if, if if slash when IndyCar happens in 2025. You know, maybe there'll be a little something. But I want it to be really, really, really special. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in my pocket for right now. I I personally want you to have a helmet design. I don't care if it's something small. I want we need to we need to <laughs> let's get that GoFundMe going again for some paint money for old buddy here because like. <laughs> I think you got such a great brain that I want to see what it comes up with. You know, I know. what I mean? I think there's I something know. cool in there. I and was... plus, <laughs> Joseph Newgarden also only wore a black helmet for most of his, the beginning of his career. So you're following in good footsteps. Didn't you really? I didn't even know. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a it's picture a of us somewhere lucky. here. He's only got all, like black suit, black helmet. That's all he wore. Yeah, it's a little bit lucky, man. It's a little bit lucky. But yeah, I was going to, I was thinking of doing one this year, but uh, just like I wanted to, I wanted it to be so meticulous sort of a thing. And like, like oh, it's, yeah. it's gonna come from me. Like I, I'm gonna really like put it, put in a lot of work myself. Are you gonna paint to, it yourself? I'm not gonna physically paint it myself. Okay. No, we, def- we got people. Like, we got some people. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I need a painter, but I I can't paint it myself. But I'm gonna work a lot on on the design myself. So throughout the whole year, I'll be proud. I'll be doing that. Yeah. But I want honestly, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see what you come up with. I think I think you've got so much creativity in your mind that this is that that's when cool helmets happen. I love. I'm a big helmet trade guy. I love helmets. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's gonna at be least good. one race. Yeah. yeah. One race. At least one race. I know you like to keep the simple, slick. I, I think there's a, a level of mysteriousness to that, and I, <laughs> I kind of think that. I, might, so, I, mean, I like, might do it for one race. Might have to do it for uh, India. Championship deciding race. Oh, right, what? What's the race? The championship deciding race. Yeah, we're gonna have, yeah, yeah. Something like we're gonna that. show up, so and you're gonna blow people's minds. Yeah. By the way, what do you think of Nashville changing to the super speedway instead of? Uh, Oh, we love it. We're big fans of it. I'm an oval guy. Clearly, I'm the oval merchant. Some losers tell me on the internet, uh, even though I literally am a road course guy at heart. Uh, I like it. I think it's exciting. Um, I love oval racing. IndyCar is oval racing. It it should be the ideal schedule is uh, like eight ovals, eight street courses, and eight road courses, something like that. We'll just go with that. I don't know. know. (laughs) However we get to at least 20 races is for sure the move. Right. 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 Also, right. let's talk about a little bit more about your racing real quick before we let you go. Indy NXT this season is is I mean, it's one of the strongest fields we've seen in a long time. Uh great teams, great drivers. Uh you guys do get a lot of testing, which I've seen, which is nice, or a little bit of testing here and there. How have things been going adjusting to this new car? Who do you think are gonna be the biggest well, your biggest competitors essentially? And and are you liking the car? Like, is this is this a car that you think suits your style? Yeah, yeah. Um, preseason's been really fun uh, because kind of when I got into USF 2000, I kind of had uh, a big car kind of driving style, you know, big braking, um, you know, slower metal speeds, trying to straighten it out. Um, so I had to, like, my natural way of driving, I had to kind of, like, build... Um, you know, a different style in order to, to run the USF 2000 and the Pro 2000 correctly. But coming into preseason, learning the Indy Next, I can go back into my natural habits. A big late breaker. I love it. I love I love breaking as late as possible. Big Me beats. too. Uh, so yeah, like the, like you can't do that in the Pro 2000 car really like that. Or you'll kill a lot of momentum. You got to, you know, release it really fast and everything. Um, but in this car, you can really hold on to it and hold, hold peak pressure. Um, so I, I'm really finding a lot of enjoyment in that. Um, especially using the downforce in, in high speeds. Uh, I've always, you know, you always want more downforce as a driver. Uh, so, so yeah, just having more downforce in the, in the Indy Next cars is definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I didn't expect its kind of behavior in low-speed corners, you know, when you turn, and and it's it, it doesn't have as much front grip as I thought it would. It's a little bit almost like a boat um, in the way it handles low speeds and and it, that's quite interesting, you know, learning the, how the weight affects, you know, different different uh, uh, classes of classes of corners. Um, and yeah, I think the season is going to be quite interesting. Like you said, it's tough, um, tough competition uh, as always. But you know, you have people like Louis Foster, Jamie Chadwick, James Rowe. Um, you have my teammates, Nola Siegel, Boris Gold, uh, Kyle Collette from Formula Three. Um, yeah, there's so many other guys. You know, Jacob Abel is in his third season. He's look, he's been looking strong all preseason. Uh, there's there's a few others uh, that I'm probably missing, but yeah, that's just there's there's a lot of people that can that can be up there. And yeah, I, I've I've talked to to almost everybody on the grid so far now. I think, um, but I'm I'm excited because it, this season I feel really kind of honed in 
um, to to just IndyCar and and the paddock and everything. Um, it kind of was a long road to to being comfortable around everyone and talking around everyone. Twenty twenty one, I didn't really talk to many drivers and such. Twenty twenty two, it got better. Twenty twenty three, it was really good. Um, and I'm only feeling a, a steady kind of rate of momentum. So I'm really excited to just get out on track and you know handle everything out there and and continue you know re- relationships off track and kind of see how that develops and such and. And yeah, I'm just excited to you know to experience the whole dynamic and everything. I think it'll be really fun. I love that. Honestly, I I think you've got so much going for you. I I, I truly believe that there are a lot of people that see what you can do. That there there's there's certain drivers that now I'm sadly old enough to have seen several different situations and been through several different eras. But you can tell when there when someone's got something a little bit special, right? Some sometimes you could say, all right, that was there's moments like this, right, that lead to. I think that guy's going to go someplace. And, and even this year, right? Like I, I don't, I, I hope in my mind and, and, and for racing in general, that you go into this year, you, it's not a focus on winning the championship, right? It takes championship drivers sometimes one year of learning and then win the championship. Like what you did just previously, you finished second in the championship, then you won. I did the same thing in my like pro mods of the thing. I tried it with GB3. I didn't, I didn't quite win. I got wrecked, but you, you, you use a year to learn. This year is a learning year, and I really hope that you get that chance to then come back and and take advantage of everything that you learned in year one, and you win like ten races, right? And then you win, then you win the championship, and it's like, well, guess what? There's only one place to go. It's IndyCar. Now, it might be the best year ever, and you could win the championship. That would be even better. But I would I would definitely say for you to not ever worry about that. You just take every race as as a learning experience. You're gonna do well, and you're also gonna have moments where you're like, that sucked. But that's part of like being a a, a young and up and coming driver. So I, I think you as a brand and as a person, and, and you know, you said you're getting more and more open out into the community and and hanging out with people. Keep doing that. Like let the fans know, interact with all the all the people that are supporting IndyCar. Just keep doing your thing. Be a social media guy too. As it's hard, it's hard to do it all sometimes. But I think you've got so much potential. I think you've got the talent though to to do it as well. And that that's when it all goes together. That's important. So I appreciate you coming on this show to share a little bit about yourself with us because we're, this is an IndyCar podcast. I'm trying to be an IndyCar podcast. We've had a couple Indy NXT folks on and, uh, and we want to pay attention. So uh, tell everyone here right now where they can follow you on all the channels. So we make sure everyone gets, we establish a base of following hood and, uh, and then, and then, yeah, we, we appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you, you and Chris Connor. It's um, a pleasure to be on here. Uh, everyone, you can follow me uh, at Miles Rowe Official. Uh, that's Miles with a Y, M-Y-L-E-S-R-O-W-E, uh, official um, on most of the social media platforms. And, and yeah, thank you guys again. This was really fun. Uh, yeah. No problem, man. Hey, good luck. Thank you so much. Miles Rowe, everyone. Let's uh, let's see. Let's, we're going to have a great year in Indian NXT. It's going to be great to watch. So watch thank you, my friend. Fun. Thank man you, guys. Yep. <laughs> Well, we appreciate Miles, uh, Miles Rowe, for that interview. Um, great to get to know him. I, I, I truly do want to uh, want to spend more time uh, chatting with Miles as he goes through his Indie NXT season. Very excited for him, honestly. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of support behind him, um, and, and and it's just exciting to see. Uh, excited to see him get the chance. He is not the youngest driver. I mean, my first Indy 500 was I, I was 21 years old, and I thought that was old. He's 23, so. You know he he's he's got an exciting uh, life in front of him. He's got 
so many other talents too that I did not know about. You know, film directing, art, all this. I mean, it's amazing. So, Chase, what do you think? Pure artists, right there, man. Look, pure art. Like, like what was the movie, The Art of Racing in the Rain? Like, yes, <laughs> captures just the artistry of a racer. I can't wait to see what his uh, the helmet that he decides to paint looks like. Me too. I'm say that, that I think that's going to be like a, a cool thing for him. Like once a year. He'll just come out like that'll be he'll he'll bring Matt Gala to Indy next. I hope so. I think I do hope so. Yes. So with that, that brings us to the uh, to the end of the show. That brings us towards our our favorite segment uh, of all time. uh, The Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week. Greatest event of its kind that's ever been run off. All right, this week I asked Chase to pick a year. This was not this was not down to me. I used a team effort scenario here. Team effort scenario. I went with the 1937 Indy 500. Thank you, Chase, for this 1937 Indy 500 race won by Wilbur Shaw, a name that we know a name that we know well. I went with the 28th place finisher, the 28th place finisher, Bob Swanson. Bob Swanson finished 28th in the 1937 Indy 500. Robert John Swanson was an American race car driver. Swanson won the first Turkey Night Grand Prix midget car race in 1934. At the 1939 Indianapolis 500, he was involved in an accident that killed Defending champion Floyd Roberts. Yikes. Not a, not a good, not a good, not good. Thrown mm-hmm. out of his car when Roberts hit him, Swanson lay unconscious on the track as the car overturned and caught fire. His lucky escape proved to be only a temporary reprieve as Swanson was killed a year later while attempting to qualify for a midget race. Hey, tough for uh, a Bob Swanson. Bob Swanson faced some, some real uh, tragedy in his life. But in 2006, motorsport reporter, now we all know this name, Chris Economaki, called Bob Swanson the best racing driver he ever saw. So Bob Swanson apparently had a lot in him, uh, a lot of talent. Uh, three Indy 500s uh, from Bob Swanson, 1937, 1939, and 1940. So three Indy 500s to the, uh, uh, to the, to the name of Bob Swanson. And uh, RIP Bob, RIP Bob Swanson. Yeah, man, he the gone too soon was one of the the, the greats, and uh, you know, I, of course, you know, I got a fact that absolutely probably, well, an unconfirmed report. Yeah, I'll just I'll just say this much, you know, growing up, you know, for one, just a man of many names, Robert, Bob, you know, James, Jim, uh, Jim Swanson was what we knew him as, uh, you know, when we would be thinking about it, uh, old J- Jimmy Swanson. I remembered growing up when I was a young boy, my mother used to go out into the front of the house and there was always a, a big truck that would pull up. It was the Swan Man. The Swan Man truck. Of course. Swan Foods. We would we would get a nice catalog. We would order it. Now, now I have unconfirmed reports that because of the race he won, you know, well, Turkey. It was Turkey mentioned. Night. Turkey Night was mentioned, you know. Turkey was one of their specialties. I will say that they had some great turkey from the Swan Man, and every time he pull up, so 
you know, I like to think that because of all the great memories that I had with the Swan Man, that it was because the whole company was created because of our good guy, Jimmy Swanson. So I will say that much right there. Uh, some of the greatest food uh, in the world catalog every month. Great childhood memories. Jimmy Swanson, he gave that to us. Shout I out. I love that. Bob Swanson, Jim Swanson, John Swanson, whatever you want it to be, Bob Bobby Swanson. Jim. The random Indy 500 driver of the week. We appreciate Chase adding some character to him. You know what I mean? We don't know if that's true or not, but we we, we believe it. We believe, like we believe that we give these people a chance to be remembered. So with that, we appreciate everyone. Um, thank you once again for listening to this show. I, I truly believe we started this year really strong. I've, I've really enjoyed the show this year. I think we have some very, very special guests in front of us. I hope to be doing a lot more work with IndyCar as well. I think we got some really cool stuff on the horizon. Uh, you know, next week we essentially have a race preview show, right? We got we got St. Pete uh, coming right up. Very, very excited. We can look into the details of the St. Pete event. Um, I don't actually know who's on next week as a guest. Uh, we shall see. Uh, we're trying to get Jamie Chadwick on the show as well. She is She's potentially going to be on the show here soon, potentially after St. Pete. Uh, we obviously got some weeks to cover before the next uh, IndyCar event as well. So lots of exciting things going on. Be sure to pay attention. Uh, by the time this episode's airs, episode airs, uh, you will be able to see all the testing results from the first two days of the IndyCar test. And uh, with that, please uh, leave us a, a rating, leave us a review, tell your friends, uh, tell your friends to tell their friends about our show. Uh, and, and we appreciate you guys listening. As always, um, thank you for listening to Speed Street. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.